Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Live commentaries and podcasts. This is Rebel Yell from the WFC Supporters Association. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Welcome to episode 7 of the Rebel Yell Podcast in season 21-22. A little bit of a sombre start because I lost uh, one of our own away boys in the recent weeks. Kev Gold sadly passed away a few weeks ago. Spence and Pete, I'm sure you can join me in saying it was a big loss and it came to a bit of a shock to us, didn't it? No, absolutely. When uh, Gary dropped it on us, well, I think everyone was just stunned for a bit. Um, yeah, it's a big loss and already missing him around the ground as it is. Yeah, big loss. Just so noticeable. Just, yeah, just in there as a presence, you know, small in stature, big in personality, I think you could say. It, it was literally just like, you know, people say Wilson got the Wilson Raider, but I think it was one of the guys. If someone had clips of Kev back in the old days, he would have been like a viral sensation like the Wilson Raider. And I've seen some of the things. I think it was the game against Folkestone when they were a bit heavy hand with us and that was my last memory of him, like literally uh, sitting there shouting at the players going, oh, yeah. you should be ashamed of yourself. Pro- probably my, pro- that is probably my favourite Kev memory of, yeah. So that was that was after there'd been the brawl at the end of the game, Danny Barker yeah. was standing up. We were standing outside the bar, the players, the coaching staff were walking past. Every single one of them that walked past got the full Kev goals treatment. But the best thing was they all kept their heads down. They all moved on as quickly as they could, apart from a couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them got, mouthed off, didn't got, they? Who got about 30 foot away, 40 foot away towards the tea bar before they decided not to turn around and say something. And yeah. I think that, I think that, 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 that little anecdote, I think some, some came up perfectly. Pete, I'm sure you can like say, and you know, if you want to listen back to it, season 21, 20, episode two of our middle curtailed season, um, the commentary, you've had the pleasure of doing commentary twice with them. And I'm sure everyone can say, they have the dulcet tones of me and you, but when Kev used to go on the air, it was a sort of comedy gold. I think when I'm commentating with you, Pete, you're more bothered about if I let a word, rude word out, but with Kev, you just couldn't stop laughing. Uh, yeah, but I was on tender hooks all, all, all game. <laughs> well, what do you think it was like? Well, I mean, the amount of times I had to get the bleak button out for that. Uh, that yeah, that, exactly. That, that, and I get told off if I say the P word or something like that. <laughs> exactly. But the, the classic that I will never forget is um, is Furrick Me Line. Furrick Me, yeah. That was just brilliant. And yeah, it was just brilliant the way he dropped it in there. Yeah, I mean, I had the pleasure of Big Z drove us up to Potter's Bar away in that it was, I think, one of the last games we played before that middle season was curtailed. And um, I just, I can't repeat half the stuff he was saying in the back of the car, but I remember pulling in just before we got to Potter's Bar, he wanted to go and get himself a flask of brandy because he had left his at home. So he popped into a corner shop and uh, literally he um, went in, he got one of those sort of, well, I don't know how big it is, like one of those small sort of hip flask size bottles. I'll only have a couple of sips got back in the car on the way home there was only one mouthful left which he finished on the way home just just a guy but 
you know. Um, rest in peace, Kev Golds. You'll always be remembered. And I just think the thing that I think is sad for me is that he hasn't, well, he'll be able to watch from above, but he's not going to be there in person to see us what hopefully is going to happen on Saturday or within the next coming weeks of being promoted to the highest level that Worthing have ever played at. And gents, I think you could probably join me in that and say it's just, I mean, it deaths to travesty anyway, but someone was such a loyal supporter to like literally, and it's not just him. We've had Steve Hall, we've had Roger Johnson, like all this year have passed away. On the year that Worthing seemed to really, everything's come together and we're going to get that promotion, that they're going to miss it. And I think that's just travesty. Yeah, yeah. they'll always be with us, mind and spirit. You know, Gary's been great this year with with the you know recently with the the Kev flag and he's taken the Kev flag every game home and away. Mm. And I just think we have to pause and just say to Gary like you know you're very hard on yourself, mate. But you you know you're an absolute superstar, an absolute legend for what you did. Uh, right at the last few moments of Kev's life, everyone will be forever grateful for what you did and the help you gave. So you're a top man as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, was, yeah. I was going to add as well that that hinged at the flag with him to Wembley in the second game on Sunday as well. So. Kev Golds, rest in peace, buddy. And uh, hopefully this coming weekend, we can get this title for you. And uh, I'm sure the players will raise a toast or a brandy or three in the bar after for you, our long lost friend. And um, all the best and take care in, uh, in the next life. Guys, it's the final countdown, isn't it? It really is the final countdown. Hopefully you guys that are listening to this on your Spotify or your podcast provider on the way up to Bowers and Pitsy. And I'm kind of hoping for the first time in the Red Wheel podcast history that this podcast is out of date very quickly, aren't you, chaps? As in, by the time people have listened to this, we can yeah. say we're champions, champions rather than champions elect. <laughs> but that's why they've got to listen to it on the way to Bowers. Yeah. And we've got to make sure we make sure they all do. I mean, it's a long enough journey up there. Chaps, we haven't been on for a couple of months. It's been a busy couple of months. And I'll just say uh, an amazing couple of months. What, what are your thoughts? It's been an amazing couple of months. You know, we've had, we had the hiccup at Bishops, but that's exactly what it was. It was a hiccup. You know, the, the, the points, the wins, the goals have kept coming and we're on the brink. And what positions are being that, you know, it's not like we're in a position where it's squeaky bum time. We're down to the last game or two of the season and are we going to do it? Um, we've got the games in hand, ready to go. And uh, it's coming home. We can actually sing it's coming home. Do you think that'll be an apt um, song for Gary to play in the stadium? Because it kind of is coming home, really. No? Pete's green is Judah is out on that one. Obviously Queen. But guys, since since February, when we recorded last podcast, we've lost one game. I mean, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> what's that? One game lost. Yeah. I think yeah. we're just giving it's Bishop sort of a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be at the top. Yeah, but I think if if I'm correct, and I think I am, you are um, Stato, you so take, you probably are. If you take every game, uh, every team that we've played this season, uh, obviously we've lost six, um, but when we've then revisited those teams and those teams have come to us, uh, we've, beat them, we've beat them all on aggregate, apart from Bishop Storford, who over the two games beat us 4-3. Bishops are again. You're, you're the stato here. They're on an unbelievable run. I've ever conceded a goal in ten matches. It's, um, it's yeah. they're absolutely on an incredible. I'm run. really glad we're and not like say, possibly going yeah, in the playoffs for if, that reason. What, well, I see. If, if we got a few, few draws, and if you remember back to the postponed game on that Saturday, we were six points ahead. I think if we got turned over that day and the, and only been three points ahead, then it starts to get twitchy bum, doesn't it? <laughs> I would really like Lewis to be the ones that get the playoff promotion. I mean, I think it will be Bishops if we settle it this weekend. Yeah. I think it will be Bishops, but I would love to see Lewis sneak in at the last minute and win the promotion because I love those Sussex derbies. 
yeah, it's just yeah. a great, great away day, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing yeah. away day. Yeah. So as we mentioned, Lewis, guys, the turning point when you thought this league, we're actually going to do it. But I wasn't there. I know you guys are there because Pete's famously on video sipping beer while he's on his commentary mic behind the mic. Spencer's in the background of that photo. I was, I was, I was covered in beer. It's got to be that Jesse Starkey goal to beat Lewis. That was a turning point. Is that the? I think that's the moment that all rebels fought. It was a, it was a moment. This is the moment. Jesse Starkey smashed that into the top left hand corner of the net. Yeah, it was a great, well, great goal. Absolutely brilliant finish. And yeah, I think it was, it was, it was a joint moment. I think between players and fans. Yeah. So I think the players, you know, the players knew how big that was as well. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, it was definitely the moment for me. And I've got to say, Pete, the thing that made me laugh with you, because obviously I wasn't at that game in the following game, East Thurrock, obviously you've gone behind the goal with the fans. It, it, it was a different world. You, you're literally screaming like I would when he scored that. But then against Thurrock, when Callum Keeley scored the only goal, you're like, oh, and Callum Keeley's put it in the back of net. Yeah, 1-0 Worthing. <laughs> Such a different yeah, atmosphere. Because <laughs> you were on, you were on but, your instant replay that night. Exactly. So I had to sort of... karma. The, the atmosphere, especially second half behind the goal with yeah. Lewis, was something. Yeah, it was yeah. some. It was something else, and I'm I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased I've done it from there. To be honest, yeah. I really, really am. It's probably my highlight of the season. To be honest. Yeah, but talk about Callum Keeley. What a player? Just one player a month for the Sport Association. He's one that Hinch and the board need to get signed, sealed, delivered for next season. Don't you think? He's made a huge difference. He's yeah. you know I've mentioned I've mentioned on here before to everyone I talked to. He just makes such a difference. His physicality and his hold-up play, and just, 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 he's di- direct. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good way to put it, but you know, he's he's different than what we've got. Yeah, and I think you know, in in my eyes, that's the site that's signing of the season. That is absolutely bringing a player of that quality. And Adam knows what he's all about anyway, from having him in the past and to get him from Dorking. Um, I think the amazing thing was though, Pete, is that a lot of people obviously, and um, there's people not scared to admit they were very dubious about Callum Keeley because I think he's left and become a much better player. I mean, I, I thought he was good the first time round. I always thought he was a good player, but I think he's yeah. he's built as a player. He's got more stronger, and he's an yeah, excellent he's, signing. He's had it added. Um, diff, obviously, going into um, whatever national league at the time, weren't they? Uh, Sutton. Yeah, he got promotion with Sutton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously he didn't go up with them, did he? He went to Dorking. No. You know, obviously that that experience and it, it's helped improve his game and his comeback and he's his just been exceptional. It's quite funny because I don't know if you guys have watched a bunch of amateurs by Dorking as well, but um, he obviously... I watch think, every single... Yeah, every so single you, know, you know, obviously my friend, he watches it as well. And uh, he he said he said to me, oh, I didn't even realise Callum Keeley had gone to Worthing because he kind of was featured quite a lot because he was always called Keeley, Keeley. Mark White would always contact him, and then all of a sudden he's just disappeared. It would have been good if they'd known, but like I've said, oh, he's gone to Worthing because he kind of just disappeared off that. But, you know, Dawkins losses are gain. That's it. it was just difficult for Keeley to get in the team up there. Adam's seen an opportunity, so... Is David still on loan up there? Because I didn't see him on the yeah, team sheet yeah, this weekend. He's, he's, he's still on loan up there. But he's not been playing, has he? I don't think. I'm not starting. I might be wrong. Uh, I might be wrong. But he was another yeah, addition that was disappointing, obviously, since the last podcast we recorded. Like, he was on loan with us and disappeared to Dorking. And could have been a thing that maybe they said, look, we want a player. And, you know, if we can't get one, then maybe they'll have to recall Callum. So I was quite happy that he stayed because I think if we had lost him, it would have been a massive, I don't know, like the boys know him, don't they? The lads know him. They've known him for like a long time. I think it would be a massive loss to the, um, the squad. 
I think it would have been a blow, but that's how we've kept him and hopefully we'll keep him for next season. Yeah. Well, talk about keeping for next season this week. We've obviously announced the signings for until the end of next season, no matter what league we're in, of skipper Aaron Racine and our top goal scorer in the league still by one, Ollie Pierce. I mean, that's a statement of intent, surely. Yeah, it's brilliant just to get players tied down, isn't it? But I think that's the best of thinking, isn't it? Get players tied down, get them committed. And I just think it's just the love that the players have got for the club. They want to go on the journey with the club. Yeah, it's inevitable some of the players we've sung the names of over the past couple of seasons will not be here next season, which it kind of, I don't know if you guys have actually given it much thought. It kind of almost puts a little lump in your throat, doesn't it? Because you think some of these players that you've got used to seeing in the bar that are really generally nice players... That we've kind of grown to know because it's been the same squad for three years, which is obviously very unusual at non-league, are going to be gone next season. It's really sad. Yeah, yeah, it's na- it's natural progression though. Yeah, you know, going up a level, there will be players who the club decide maybe aren't right for the next level. There's there's personal player commitments as well. There's a lot more commitment involved in playing in. Yeah, tra- you know, there's, there's more travelling, etc., etc. So it'll be interesting to see who Adam keeps. I think I know the basic the, this sort of players that I would want to keep in that team. Pete's uh, trying to get uh, a scouting job now, isn't he? He's, he's the common <laughs> lead commentator, and now he's uh, Adam. If you want me to scout for you, let me know. <laughs> I've heard Barcelona have got some good youngsters I can go and look at. Yeah, well, when you next go to Oviedo, mate, just try and anywhere, say uh, anywhere else warm and sunny. At work on one of the girls, my crew is dating a Rochdale United player and he's out of contract this summer. I said well there's a very nice club on the south coast uh, he's quite a good strike if he wants to like you know go to a club that's progressing rather than going down in the world like Rochdale yeah. probably relegated into the National League this year I said it's why not, don't you come and join the sunny south coast it's, it's, not, it's not Danny Cashman is it no it's not no 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 <laughs> yeah he can come so, back go on Adam yeah 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 I wouldn't mind him back um but it's it, it just reminds you of last season when we got Harrison May on him he bumps mm. into Avaracine, the conversation ensued, and then he's saying, you know, we could do it with a goalie, and he comes down, and mm. yeah, it's been that's one we need to sign on sticks. for next season, don't we? We need Harrison yeah. signed, yeah. Yeah, it's non-league shade given, as I always call it. <laughs> non-league shade given. He's been brilliant between the sticks. He's been brilliant. I mean, the amount of um, clean sheets we've had has just been. If unreal. he was, if he was never six inches taller, he'd been yeah. the championship, I reckon, yeah. at least. On Saturday, he pulled off two or three <laughs> unbelievable saves in the second half. He's got yeah. to see games. He's won us points on his own, and you know the goalkeepers and the defense never get the credit. It's always the goal scorers that do to get all the glory. But you know, a big, big thumbs up to our defense all season and Harrison. Yeah. Well, talk about defense. Obviously, we've had the goal scorers. You said Ollie Pierce has um, smashed the goals in. I think he's currently on thirty-five. I don't think I'm going to win my bet. I think we'd have to listen back to a previous episode, but I think Pete might be closer than all of us right now because I thought Ollie Ollie's still been ever present up front but he's he's slowed down his goal scoring rate. I think it's just to give other people a chance like Callum to be fair <laughs> but, well, I, th- uh, I think that's up. what it is since, yeah since Callum's come in then obviously the formation slightly changed so he's yeah, not actually the front man anymore he's been playing deeper or wider yeah exactly so, that, him and Callum yeah. have been great haven't they even the forward line have been been fantastic everything's worked this season yeah. though hasn't it everything Adam's done yeah. has worked Six easy. goals against Bowers on Saturday. Not easy, problems. mate. Easy, mate. Can you imagine if we won the league with a thrashing? It'd be amazing. Anyway, um, talking about that, obviously the men's league is coming to an end, but the women's season finished this past weekend, sadly, with a 5-0 defeat to the champions. Ashford, Pete, Spence, you were at the game. A disappointing end to the season, I, sh- I expect, and I'm sure it kind of hurt the uh, hurt the girls quite badly. Yeah, I was there. I'll take this on. So... <laughs> Some some of us can be be, be committed, Pete. Um, part part time announcer, right? Part time announcer. Not me. 
<laughs> That's a joke. Um, so... <laughs> you're, you're getting a slap face on. You're getting a Will Smith done on your Saturday, aren't you? <laughs> but um, no, so yeah, I think the the, the scoreline, the scoreline against against Ashford was 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 quite flattering, to be honest. Really? I didn't think there was that much a difference in the teams. You know, considering sort of league positions, um, and you know, it was a sort of some late goals that sort of added to the added to the scoreline really that, that, that sort of flattered them a bit, I think. But um, it's been been a really good season from from the women. For, you know, well, look, first look, first season at that level. They finished fourth, mate. They finished fourth, and I remember when we sat down the first podcast of the season, we said to, um, was it Ellen? You know, it was Chloe Lelliot, and uh, well, we spoke to Ella as well, but we spoke to Chloe and spoke to John, and they were saying like pushing towards that top end of the table. They're in the top half. You could not have asked for better than that, and they've had some great times this season. And you think with Ashford out of the way, that league it's is quite, li- it's quite it's quite tight behind. Yeah, that league is literally like they finished on thirty four, Ashford on forty four, Dartford forty one, Fulham thirty five, Worthing thirty four. But you've got teams like Millwall finishing below us, and that's crazy. You know, Millwall, like a yeah, full-time professional club. They're established teams, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're just, just one point behind Fulham Football Club, which is owned by an American businessman. Crazy. You know, uh, so I think next season, the girls should be very proud uh, to push on. I mean, yeah, obviously, they don't like to end a season like that. You know, fair play. So, But just brush that under the rug. Go on to next season, and you know I, I think you know with the promotion of the men's team, obviously the facilities and the feel around the place is going to get better. It's just going to help the women's team. Pete, you, you've got yeah. down pretty oh, much most well, Sundays. Yeah, they've, they've been they've been really good. They've had, yeah, like you say, they, they can be really really proud of themselves. They're um, exceptional, and especially with you know the transition from from last season with Michelle leaving and John coming in, and uh, you know a lot of changes in the squad. So. Yeah, I think all every single one of them are going to deserve a big pat on the back for a tremendous season. Yeah, absolutely. And going forwards, you know, again, it can be built on next year. You know, I'm sure John will be looking at getting one or two mm. new players in, and you know, yeah. the whole setup at Worthing for, mm. for for the level and the crowds. You know, big crowds, great match they set up. You know, it's it's a, it's appealing for for players to come in. We were speaking to Gina. Um, obviously, she's like. She's like Spencer and Gina. You've got Spencer of the men's team. You've got Gina of the women's team. And she's she's really enjoyed it. And she used to even told me when I've seen her, like the, how it grows, like the, the team, the match day experience have grown throughout the season, more people coming down. So it's only a good thing. I know thanks to Gina for helping out on the podcast and doing the interview. She's unable to make it tonight for the interviews with John and um, Amy Critchfield. But, you know, I know she, I know you can probably speak on her behalf, Spencer, but she's really enjoyed this season, hasn't she? Yeah, no, she really has. And, you know, I think, you know, there's a real... You know, there's really there is something really going on on the women's side. You know, it's a there's been a big progression this year, and that's only gonna gonna keep on going. Mm. So early, early, early predictions for next season. Do you think we can get that promotion for the women's team? I think they could be well up there. Why? Why not? Why not? Yeah, I think they'll be up there competing. Mm. Well, let's um let's just pause it there, guys, and let's um speak to John Donoghue, the manager, for his uh, final interview with us this season. He's been really good and spent a lot of time with us this season. Obviously, they're not in training this week, so we've got him joining us over the airwaves. Welcome back to the Rebel Your Podcast. It's been a couple of months, and uh, the season for the women's team is finally complete and over. And what yeah. we've just said um, just before we've introduced you, you know, we couldn't be prouder of fans of the club, and you know what a first season you a first full season you've had to finish fourth. We interviewed you on that first podcast, the preseason. Yeah. And you said you'd be happy mid-table. You've done better than that, mate. Yeah. No, it's been really pleasing. I think um, 
like I say, the players have really stepped up, tried to uh, t- put on board, take on board really what we've said, um, and they have. And like I say, it doesn't matter where you've coached before. You know, it's a new set of players who who need to get trust in what the coaching staff are asking them to do. And, um, you know, they put it into practice and, and we've played tremendously well, certainly since early December anyway. We've been consistent and, and some good performances. I mean, you can see it from, like, you know, following the, the girls on social media. Like, you just see there's a real sort of morale now that we kind of seen in the men's team over the last couple of years but it seems that they're a real team now and like after we've, we've spoken a few times over the season of you know the merge you've taken some players from your past and you've obviously merged them with the Worthing girls yeah. that were already there and you know you couldn't have asked really for a better better response I would say from you No I think we um, I, we knew it would be challenging because of the the unknown unknown for us probably as coaching staff but obviously the players, uh, even the players that stayed from the season before, they didn't know what the league was going to be like. So I think that was that was um, the initial obstacle to try and get over. But we've done that. Um, and probably, I'd say, since December, uh, we hadn't lost in the league, even. apart from obviously Ashford uh, on the weekend. But um, so I think that shows uh, that the performances have been better and the players have improved. I think you get the players improving and understanding, then naturally there there becomes better results from that. Yeah, and John, when when you had um, obviously because the big big turnaround in the summer with yeah uh, you bringing players in the players that were already established at Worthy, um, yeah. and and you've sort of said during the season that you you, you was pleased with the way they they've gelled yeah um, and obviously by where we finished in the league, you've been proved right that they they have gelled. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I believe they have. You know, it's just, just you know, they've they've understood, start to understand each other, uh, understand what the commitment is and what they need to do and what the expectations are. So, I think if you get a good set of players with a with a great mentality, then it's quite simple to to bring them together and and for them to perform together because they all want the same goal. I think when you have players in the squad that don't want that. Um, then you can get um, splits and you can get um, a bit of derision in there, but we never did. So um, that's that's really pleasing. The players have been, you know, like I say, been great this season. Yeah, and that, that's it. It's really noticeable, you know, not just on the pitch, sort of off the pitch, just how close-knit they are and how much of a team they are and everyone gets along. Yeah. Um, you know, so is, is that part of your thinking, you know, sort of when you've brought a couple of new players in throughout the season? I, I think, kind of thinking, um, thinking, do they fit into the group? I think that's that's the main thing. Sometimes when you don't know the players as well, that's that's a challenge, uh, and that's always a challenge. Um, when I've worked at different levels, obviously you can try and draw on people that have worked with players before. So you ask what they're like. You know other players that have been with them, and you trust their opinion. Um, you can't always do a psychological assessment of people, and and you, you know you you. You know, put it bluntly, some people can bullshit you and pull the wool over your eyes, can't they? Um, but hopefully I'm, I know a bit more about it uh, than I used to. Um, so that you, you know that if everyone's fighting and pulling in the right direction, their attitude, their application, their um, how they conduct themselves is as important because that can be something that destroys the, the, the team. Um, so you try your best to do that. I would try and pick a a player who would be more, 
just understands football a bit more and understands what they need to do. It's not about them. It's about the team and to help yeah. supporting the team. And, you know, as much as some players are different individually in terms of how they put themselves forward in the team is as important. You don't always get it right. I haven't always got it right in the past. Um, but um, I think mm, all of the players that we've worked with this season, they, they've been they've been great in terms of their understanding of what they need to do. OK, so you brought a few players in. Um, a lot of the squad is pretty young. Uh, obviously, we, we, yeah, yeah, yeah we got compared to us, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah com- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You, maybe. I don't know what you're no, talking no, about. No, no idea. Yeah, I'm, not I'm, not I'm you, only, maybe. Only 25. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, all, all of you have got, well, got a bit ahead of hair than me, so it's fine. It's just had a hard life. But but with with all the the younger players in the in the team, John, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Who who do you think has been the most improved during the season who sort of took every all your instructions on board and really really you know come up to the challenge that you've, you've given I, them. I suppose who you would consider young you know the 25 year olds are still young aren't they yeah but that's I suppose true if you look at the ones who are I suppose under 20 and under you know we brought um I mean Sophie Humphrey was already at the club um yeah, yeah. thought she wasn't going to come back but she wanted to she she uh and I think um She's significantly improved the season. Her confidence um, used to be early on in the season when I went ref sub. She'd always looked to the bench thinking it was going to be her coming off and uh, probably surprised her a few times when she hasn't. Um, I think probably the youngest player was Katie Young, 17. Mm, and she only just turned, <laughs> turned 18 um, in February. Uh, and she's been asked to play an important role. You know, it's tough to come in at centre-back yeah. um, or right-back as we played her sometimes and even on the left-back left, yeah. left back and and play against some good players. So, um, you know, we've got Ella Newman. She only just turned 21 this season. You've got Becky Simmons, who's 18, turning 19. You've got Amy Critchfield again, 18, turning 19. So We'll be speaking you know, to her here be, as well. <laughs> they would be the younger ones and... Katie Cooper more recently, she was she's 18, just turned 19. So I suppose some of the other players, um, I, I would say probably Katie in terms of how young she was and then tried to get into a team as, as probably had the biggest learning curve. The other ones have improved and it's a credit to them in terms of how they've improved in terms of their mentality and the work rate. Uh, but, you know, even a year or two in football is quite a long time. So, yeah. You know, yeah to, to see how... Gonna, def- sorry, Spence. I, I was going to say, John, Katie, Katie Young, for me, was having seen her quite a few times this season. Mm. She, she's the one who I, I, I think has really progressed. So I totally agree with you. And I'm going to become a scout. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you, don't, you. You don't do enough, do you, Pete? <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant, you guys. So, John, what's your highlight of the season, really? What is your, like, what is the moment that you remember most? Um, I suppose there's a few things. Uh, one is we did beat the league champions um, in, in the Cup um, at their place with basically the same starting lineup as they played in the first game and the most recent game we played them. So, so that was a highlight. Um, getting... <laughs> I suppose we got, you know, getting to the quarterfinal of the League Cup because we had quite a long, we had um, 
we had some of the challenge. We had the challenging route to it. I think that was one um, another highlight. But um, I think we had a good long run in the FA Cup. You know, we reached the first round proper, and the team has never done that. And if only this year they'd have put in next year's fees, we'd have probably bought about eight or ten grand into the club for our cup run. But instead, we only bought a couple. <laughs> so you know, there's there's those those things that have that have stood out for me. Um, that you know, beginning of the season, if we'd have played some of those games, we would have um, fallen by the wayside quite quickly. But they come at a time where we were building and improving. Um, and I suppose I steered clear of playing friendlies against tier three sides because I thought we would be too naive initially and getting a thump in, in pre-season with a newish team would not have been great, I don't think, for the players. Uh, and then playing Crawley Wasps in the County Cup semi-final and we, we were in the game all the way through it. You know, I can't say we were, we were going to win. Um, we hoped we could. But I think they were better than us, but it didn't look like a game where we were playing. We were a tier five and they were team, team, tier three. So I think that was a credit to, to the players. Yeah, again. and, off, and going, going back to that game, it was just sort of two defensive mistakes, really, wasn't it, to be honest? Yeah, yeah, gave the ball away. They stuck it in the back of the net. You know, we had opportunities to score, disallow goal. So, you know, I think we were... Ch- not necessarily chasing the game, but we're always slightly second in that game. But I think they they were surprised um, how we how how we were how we played. So um, and we didn't just sit back in, you know, we pressed them as well. So I, I think the players probably thought in that game, and it was a recognition of how far they'd come. I think they probably recognised that themselves. Yeah, brilliant. And obviously, we're just touching because obviously the last game of the season, it was a disappointing loss um, to yeah. Ashford, obviously the yeah. champions. Yeah, I mean, obviously you could go, go out this season with the heads held high because of what a great season you've had, but it must have been yeah. a little bit disappointing to end on such a sort of undeserved um, result. Well, yeah, you know, I had to split the, the talk after the game into two. So one of it was based on the season. You know, you, you, you're not... Um, just going to look at one result and say that was your season and the last result we got we got obviously smashed by Ashford um, but what it does do is it leave, should leave the players on a real understanding of exactly where you need to be to try and win the league you know you can you can beat teams around you you can play quite well against teams above you but um, the team that wins the league sticks the ball in the back of the net and gets rid of the teams that are trying to get into the into the top and try and challenge them for the league. So, you know, look at the players, their players. They played the game quickly. They played it with lots of quick passing, runs off the ball, worked their socks off. And when they had the chances, they stuck them in the back of the net. Um, and if it wasn't for Lauren, then they might have scored a couple more. So it gave me and the coaching staff a great understanding of where the players need to be at. But we just spoke about those young players. You know, our next players up are still only like 24, 25, 26, apart from a couple of senior ones. You know, they're still youngish as well. So it should say to them, if I improve, I can get to that level. And, and that's their responsibility over, over the off-season, you know. It can't all be about someone telling you and pointing in the right direction. You need to follow that path and, and try and improve. 
Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting watch for next season. I think you know, Ashford are now out of the league. We're like kind of you must be kind of hoping that that's maybe the spot that Worthing could take next season. I'd like to I'd like to let us challenge for that. But what you've got to understand still is we've got um, Fulham in the league, play yeah. at their training ground, got full time staff, access to physio, access to strength and conditioning, match analysis. They're strong. You've got Millwall in the league. You've got um, Dartford, who are always there or thereabouts. And we've probably got Hastings coming up, I would imagine, who are probably the only team in the league that are actually paying their players. So that's probably, for us, they'll be looking for similar sort of players than us. So that might be a little bit more of a challenge. So, you know, we need to step up. What what we need to do is is make people want to come to Worthing. and I'm sure I'll get a few little uh, little nudges from players to, to to come along next season. Brilliant. I think we can all say we look forward to it. Yeah, you've certainly built the foundations this year for, yeah. you know, to encourage players to come next yeah. year. Well, that was the aim. You know, you, you recognise that, you know, 99.9% of the teams in this league are not going to pay players. So, so what attracts players? Hopefully the coaching, the facilities, the support network around and feeling welcome, you know, like yourselves and anyone who's come to the game, they they feel connected to the players and that in turn makes the players connected. You know, if you haven't got that, you'd be really challenged to, to progress and, and, and to improve. So why does a player come to a place? All of those things, first of all. Um, so that that's the big challenge for, for for the teams is to attract those players and and say you know there's a good platform for you, even if you're going to go on to a higher level, then that recognition from the other players are going actually this is a good path for me. Maybe I don't have to play for reserves or a DS. Maybe I can go and play for a first team somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There we go. But we look forward to next season. Hopefully I'll be able to get down a bit more of my work schedule. Really looking forward yeah. to seeing what it brings. John, thank you for being so accommodating for us this season. It's been great to get to know you through the um, space this season. Um, well yeah. done from all of us. It's we, it's been a pleasure to watch. I know um, obviously Pete, Spencer and Gina have been down a lot more, but I know I've always yeah. had great comments from them. And um, I look forward to next season. Hopefully we can you know take take the onward motion of the club that is going in at the moment with the men's team. You know, it's been great yes. to see the girls down at the men's teams quite a lot of games and uh you know take yeah. it with the women's team next season and hopefully be pushing it for the top of the league. But um I hope you enjoy your time off over the summer. Uh when when will you be back in sort of uh sort of when, We're when does probably it looking at the third of July. Okay, so we'll be banging on your door then and be hassling you for a chat yeah. then. So but Definitely. John it's been a pleasure. Look enjoy your summer and um we'll see you next season. And you thank you Cheers, John. John. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Really great to have John Donoghue back. And uh, gents, as we said, a great first season for him in charge of the women's team. Some real accomplishments there. And uh, I look forward to seeing what the girls can do next season because I think they could really, really go quite high in that league. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Anyway, talk about riding high. The youth, as 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 per usual, the youth have just been smashing it again. We had a gentleman make his uh, Rebel Yell debut recently, Pete. Um, do, do you want to introduce who that person was? The one and only, the man who can never be replaced, Stuart Evans. Hello, Stuart. Good evening, Jets. How are we? Yeah, well, I, I, we can't actually see him because he's he's in the dark of Woodside. Uh, <laughs> we, so can't af- we can't afford the floodlights. No, yeah, so, 
Yeah, there we go. Um, Stu, um, a, a couple of months we haven't spoken to you. We've obviously seen you, but a couple of months we haven't spoken to you on the podcast. We haven't recorded. So how um, how has it been the last couple of months in the youth setup for you? Yeah, phenomenal, mate, really. Yeah, really, really good. Um, coming towards the end of it now. Um, I think the 16s finished a couple of weeks ago, but they're still in for training. Um, and then the 15s have got a couple of games and so have the 14s. So, yeah, no, the boys have the boys have done really well. Um, should be very proud of themselves. They've come a long way since the start of the season. And, uh, yeah, we've got some youth trials at the end of this month, uh, going into the first week of May, I believe. So, be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, some, some unfortunately, will be let go um, as part of the processes. And, and it's a horrible, real horrible situation for us to to be in and but it's part of football and yeah no it's, it's, it's mate it's been phenomenal I've loved every second of it and, and the boys have done really well I guess that's probably what's going to make it a lot harder for you as like one of the coaches in the youth setup that you've got to know these lads over the past year possibly even longer because of COVID and it must be quite emotional as a coach that you're going to have to say you've not made the cut and what's it like is this the first time you're going to really have experienced it properly as being part no. of the youth setup or have you sort of third been in, within it before third time yes yeah, third time yeah it doesn't and, get uh, does it get worse time. every year yeah, it does, mate. To be fair, it does. Um, it's not nice. I mean, these some of these boys have been with us since uh, development centre, so under nines, under yeah, under nines at that point. Um, so yeah, all the way through to under sixteen. So it's it's horrible. It is horrible. But um, part of football. Um, some of them will actually go on to bigger and better things themselves. So go away and and find a club and settle and get more minutes for them and and actually go on to play a decent standard of football. Some will progress naturally into 18s, but I hate it, mate. I, I really do hate it. Um, they're all good lads, um, all good. Um, they want to learn. They want to they want to progress. They want to become footballers as every footballer as he, every kid does. So um, yeah, it's horrible, mate. But part of the process, we can't take everybody with us, unfortunately. So. Yeah. I guess they're now probably, are they looking at, obviously, because the inevitable is hopefully happening this coming weekend away at Bowers and Pixie for the <laughs> men's so. team, for the men's team. Uh, is there sort of you set up having to change to look at players that will be good enough to progress into the national leagues? Or is it always the same sort of, you always have that standard, that bar that you look at, or, or do you raise it now that we're looking at that promotion? <laughs> a bit of everything, mate, really. Yeah, I mean, I think we do need to, we do need to have that at the back of my mind that when we recruit that, that you need to see there needs to be a player there that could potentially get into our, our National League South side, hopefully. Um, on the flip side of that, if they are good enough, 90% of the time they're snapped up by academies anyway. And obviously we're not an academy, so um, we're striving to be in the future years, but we're not an academy. So if they're good enough, they'll be snapped up by one of them. Um, I, I quite like the idea of developing kids that aren't maybe that good, uh, <laughs> that, that, that level maybe aren't quite quite the finished article and developing them, seeing them blossom as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of everything, mate, really. It's a bit of everything. But you, yes, you're right. You, you do need to have that at the back of your mind that we are now pushing to be a National League side. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we do need to take that into account. Yeah, fantastic. And hopefully that is going to come true. I know I know, Pete and Spence, we're, we're kind of trying to get this out for Fridays and it? so hoping it's going to be a very out-of-date podcast very quickly. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm got full confidence to, uh, that they're doing. Oh, yeah. what, what's it like? What's it like? What's it like right now? What is it like? I mean, we know we've seen it, but it must be almost so close you can taste it because it is that close, and it almost must feel a bit unreal. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll quite until we get handed the trophy or see our name in the National League South table for next season. I don't think we'll quite hit home really because it's been three years of stress and and um, anguish and and everything on those lines, frustration and. And, and yeah, obviously having the nulling void seasons, I've made it gutting as well. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've, 
yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it too much to be quite honest with you, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. The boys were in great spirits tonight, right? The, the training session was buzzing. Everybody was, yeah, high tempo, good energy. Um, everybody trained, um, except from, I think, Barks uh, and Joel. Um, so everybody trained. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good, man. It was good. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. It's, it's the, 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 the longest wait for a promotion ever, I think. Yeah, it has to be. Has to be. It'll make it even better. I think for me personally, and this is just my opinion, I think actually it's it, things happen for a reason. Um, and I think we're better set up now as a club. Um, off the pitch, Barry's working wonders. Nathan's phenomenal uh, in terms of what he does behind the scenes to link the football and the board. Um, and I think we're better set up as a club now to be able to handle a good fight in the National League South next season than maybe we were a year or two ago. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fully confident we'll go in there, compete, and push for push for promotion. I, I really, I yes, really please, am. yes, please. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, so. that's that's the yeah, that's a good point, Stu. You know, because, yeah, where things have been, you know, held up, delayed, it, it has given given everyone the chance to to sit and think about it a bit more, isn't it, and properly plan. You know, it's not like, oh, mate. It's not like this has been sprung on us. This is, you know, we've we've we've, we've sat down as a club. So, yeah, right, this is our pathway. This is what we need to do. Totally, mate. Yeah, hundred percent right. Everybody behind the scenes is working their socks off to try to to get things in place for the start of next season. Um, in terms of infrastructure, um, obviously costs as well, and and staff set up, and and yeah, and I don't think we quite had the personnel behind the scenes that had that um kind of business mind previously. Um, I'm a big fan of Barry Hunter anyway I'm, I'm a big believer in um, a fan of people that do something and then say they've done it afterwards rather than say they're going to do something and then don't do it um, and he's one of those um, um, and I think he'll we've, we've got a good man leading us and um, yeah I think yeah I think we'll be fine boys I think we'll be fine yeah couldn't agree more I think you might have to get a box of tissues for Pete because I can guarantee if I'm next standing next to him on Saturday on the terrace he'll probably be crying no probably send mate him. I I didn't even cry at my mum's funeral. Um, and I think I might cry this Saturday, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't get emotional. <laughs> I'm not an emotional person. Um, I kind of keep it kind of in inside to a point and maybe a bit of anger comes out. But I think there, there's going to be a lot of emotion this, this Saturday. Yeah. If, if, it, if it does happen, do you think you might break your rule of no drinking? Do you think you might have to have a glass of celebratory bubbly? Um, potentially, but we've got a 15s game on Sunday morning. Oh, who cares, um, mate? Just going hungover. It's worth <laughs> okay. it, isn't it? 15s are probably they'd let you off they'd let you off for that yeah no I've got to set the standards high low mate you can't turn up smelling the booze so I don't know mate I just look, we're still I a non-league mean, club we're still a non-league club you like <laughs> yeah it's still, still mate, got Sunday league now of course mate yeah no um, but no I think I think it's yeah I'm just just looking forward to enjoying the moment really mate to be quite honest with you. I'm obviously being very presumptuous that we're we're going to have that moment but I'm, I'm sure we will well, we've got to get um, three points in four games mate it's like yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't even think we can throw it away now no, but yeah, very true, very true. But so uh, yeah, like, it's just going to be one of these moments, mate. You just got to sit back and and take it all in and and enjoy it because they don't come around often in football. Um, and when you do, you have to embrace it and, and enjoy it and and look. There's something for you to look back on in in years yeah, to come. Whether I'm still in football in 10, 15 years, twenty years, I hope I am. But if I'm not, at least I've experienced that. And and yeah, yeah. I just. And that part of me thinks that I won't drink because then I'll remember it. Yeah, well. remember yeah, it and remember soak it, it yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I guess if you don't drink regularly, one drink's going to go straight to your head. You'll be so, you'll oh, be absolutely, I'll be battered. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be absolutely um, battered. Before we let you go, Stu, just one question: as, yeah. as, as now an official um, co-commentator of Rebel Yell Live, did um, Pete tell you off as much as he tells me off? 
Um, or is no. that just a me? Oh, right, there you go. I'm, I'm no, just being, no, I'm being bullied right. every week then. That's it. He, then. He, he, got yeah, told off, he got told off by a listener, didn't you? Yeah, I swore. I said to myself, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't swear. <laughs> and, um, and I'm, I'm sorry. So, uh, right. So take, rewind a second. You swore live on air. I, I get told off for shouting and getting too passionate. I never swear. I think I said yeah, I right. think I said the B word once. I think I said the B word once or the P word. But I've had Gary swore. You had Kev swore. Bless him, rest in peace. And now I've had uh, Stu swear. Peter, yeah. I, I, I seem to be like I seem to be the ones the angels ring around my head. I think Kev did a bit more than swear as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. The, the, bleep, the, the bleep, the bleep, the bleep thing was well out in force. Yeah, mate, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I think part of the reason why I wanted to do that is because I wanted to kind of publicise, and I'm a big fan of the youth setup of this club. I'm, I really want to push it further. Yeah. I think it's got phenomenal that the way we Hinch was out training the under 14s earlier, and then went straight into a session with first team. And I don't think there's any any club out there that does that. Um, I'm a big fan of it. A great believer in it. Um, and I just wanted to push the 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 final out there to as many people yep. as we can. Um, just to highlight how great the the, the youth system is out here, and 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 yeah, just yeah, just to shout about it really, to be conscious. And it was yeah, it was a good experience, mate. I, I had to keep yeah. on telling Pete who the boys were. Um, oh, he gets that wrong. He gets he gets that wrong all the time. Anyone, the thing he was calling, I think it was against Horsham. He was calling some player, some other exotic name that wasn't even on the team sheet. So we'll let him off. Oh that. my god, fair enough, fair enough. It was good. I it was an opposition. It was an opposition player, James. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and Stu, yeah, thank you for my your help because obviously I don't know all the kiddies in the, no, the, you the, the, the younger age group, yeah. so it is difficult to just get a team well, sheet and do it. Part of our part of our process is to hopefully get them to a point where they're they're going to be um, seen in the first team in a few years. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that will be the I'm hoping that will be the case. So. Well, soon we'll, we have plenty more opportunity to speak to you for the end season because it's not over yeah, yet. We've got, we've got another one. And uh, we're, thanks for joining us again. Um, uh, there'll be plenty more opportunities, I'm sure, next season with Pete to do some youth commentary. I'm sure you'll love to jump in at that and uh, put your Perfect. hat in the ring. You know, if, if, ne- Pete, Dean, if Dean Cox can do it, I'm sure anyone can, to be fair. <laughs> Definitely. And Pete, I'll share an emotional hug with you on, on Saturday. I look forward to it, mate. And I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it live, live stream it on the Rebel Yo uh, um, uh, Instagram or something like that. But um, Stu, look forward to seeing you on Saturday and um, you know, enjoy your night, mate. And you guys, take care of yourselves. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Always good to speak to Stuart Evans. Uh, you know, he's a little bit, I mean, Pete likes the title Mr. Worthing, but I think Stu probably is just in front of you, Pete. No, he's, he's, he's definitely by a mile. There you go. There you go. Pete, there you go. If you've got Pete's you know, endorsement he, as Mr. Worthing, he, nev- he never leaves Woodside, does he? No. Yeah. It's like him and Gareth for like Mr. and Mrs. Worthing because Gareth's got the long hair. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think, Pete. I think Stuart. I think Stuart lives in that portico cabin where I do. He does. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he slept in there a few nights. We we'll have to try and get out of him one time. But um, no, as per usual, Stu, thank you very much um, for your time. There is, a we- there is a funny smell in that portico cabin. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Pete, Pete, start, Pete starting rumours again. Literally, literally, we'll get, we'll get taken got, off the air, mate, if we carry that. We've got, we've got how far into this podcast and Peter started to drag it down. We nearly made it through. And always, yeah, I'm the I'm one getting, that normally gets the blame tired, for it. I'm getting well. tired now. It's getting tired. It's been a busy couple of days for you, mate. Um, no, so, Stu, thank you very much. Um, I think... A podcast wouldn't be a podcast without speaking to the gaffer, Adam Hinchwood, who always has time for us. So it's going to be um, hard to not get carried away because Adam's very modest at his interviews. And we know that he probably wants to lay out and say, yeah, we're going to smash it. But you know he won't. So we'll join Adam now and we'll speak to him about this past couple of months and see what his thoughts are wrapping up the end of the season. Because obviously next month we can get him where he's going to hopefully be a championship manager. 
This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. right don't lean on the table. Don't lean on the table. Good table, We're joined by Adam Hinchwood. We're sitting with a nice cold beer in the bar here at Woodside. So thanks for that, Gaffer. We appreciate Pleasure. that. Um, I don't really know where to start because it's been two months. Two months ago, it was looking good. But right now, we're recording on the Wednesday before the Bowers game. It's looking bloody good right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a good couple of months, to be honest. Um, obviously, one blip in the Bishop's Thorpe performance, but I think since then the lads have uh, responded well. That's a tricky, tricky uh, month, wasn't it? Um, was it March where we had all the away games mm. and that? So it was a real tricky month. Uh, lots of lots of journeys and great following from the supporters to come and back us and all those trips. Have you, is it, are you just treating every day like normally right now? Because obviously we've got that goal, like we win Saturday against Bowers. We know we're promoted as champions, um, no matter the results elsewhere. It must, it's not hard to motivate the players. What I'm trying to say, it must be hard to try not to focus on that too much because you don't want their attention to drop and then maybe miss the opportunity of that, that game. Is it, is it really hard to like get them to just focus on the game rather than the title right now? Um, I think, yeah, like from my own, I can't speak on my own yeah. point of view really, but from... Just how I feel about it, it doesn't actually feel any different to me. Um, yeah, I'm not really getting too excited. I'm not losing sleep and stuff like that. And everything just seems like three points up for grabs on Saturday. And that's hopefully that's um, relaying to the players. Although I did feel there was a bit of tension um, within the ground, uh, supporters and everyone, um, players and um, on Saturday, because uh, I think the, the games that we have lost at home, similar to, to Saturday's game, where we've created lots of chances, not took them, and then got punished from. So I don't know if there's a bit of that amongst the, the supporters as well, um, mm. but definitely think it transpired mm. onto the pitch a little bit. Yeah, yeah that Harringay game was getting quite frustrating. It was like the goal was there, but it just just weren't coming. But it was it was strange for a game to sort of like be so on top, but then kind of have nothing to, to show for it. Yeah. No, the, the game plan was to start really, really sharp. And I thought we'd done that. I thought we created lots of chances in the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, knew that they played in midweek and hadn't made too many changes to their side. So really felt that we could capitalise on that and take advantage early on in the game. And yeah, it just wasn't to be, um, we hit the bar a couple of times. Uh, you know, it could have been the perfect start with Jesper coming on his left foot. Um, but, Good save, um, push it onto the bar. Um, and then, yeah, just not taking our chances, um, which we've done a couple of times at home this season. Um, for a team that scored 91 goals, um, you know, I still think, you know, we've, we've missed quite a few chances as well. So you mentioned the 91 goals. Have you given the players a target, the 100? No, nothing like along those sort of lines, really. Honestly, I'm so boring, just literally focusing <laughs> on. Uh, the next game, and that's all, all we can focus on is, is Saturday and our performance. That's all we try to do each week, and um, that would be the key focus. Well, I put, I put, well, it's a kind of light-hearted bet in the last episode that I want Oli to score 45, I think it was. So can you tell him to a couple of hat-tricks in the next couple of games that'll be sorted, yeah? No, that's it. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, that that's obviously getting to him as well. It's a close battle at the top there. I yeah. think um, when he hasn't scored, when he has scored the first thing he looks at is the results. Uh, mm. Second thing is if Mo fails, yeah. I think. Um, you know, so... Yeah, it will so be it, a travesty, wouldn't it, if he doesn't get that golden boot for the season. you got, like, Mo Fowl getting it because, I mean, he really deserves it, doesn't he? No, yeah, I think they're both, uh, both you know, top top, yeah. top players for this level and, um, yeah, I'm 
crowd sort of volley. He's probably never had a goal scoring uh, season like this before, mm. and I'm glad that he's getting rewards for his hard work. He's really worked hard, I think, this this year and become a sort of leader for the team. So I'm glad he's getting his. Rewards We've for both his commented, goals. haven't we? And a lot of the fans have noticed how, like you know, obviously seeing Oli over the past few seasons, how he really seems to have almost upped it again. But I think you can say that about the whole squad. I think mm. we can say, but Oli in himself is just he looks fitter he looks more like focused on the game like you know whereas before you know nothing against it but he, you, he gets so annoyed with himself when he doesn't score that he kind of lets it affect his game but now he kind of just it's almost like a team now for him you know that he, he lets the whole team sort of G him up to get that next goal and he doesn't let him affect him No, yeah I think it's really mature doesn't he um, seen, seen him sort of grow really in front of our eyes um, and mature into um, you know a bit more of a, um, a mature player um you know his his, his work rate his work effort i think it really showed um Chertsey away was it when ty got sent off in the yes, cup yeah, yeah yeah and he was leading from the line i thought yeah. he was organizing the whole team around him and um yeah his, his work rate alongside callum um uh, really sets the tone i think the heart of the pitch and yeah it's about him sort of maturing as a player um and the number of goals he scored uh, you know he's he's not at all a selfish player He's, he's he's always you know playing for the team, looking for the ball if it's on if it's to to Callum or or, or whoever, um you know and that's 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 really impressive to see. You've asked him to play sort of slightly different roles as well, haven't you? Sort of he's been some games he's been playing a bit deeper, some games yeah. he's been playing sort of further onto the over the right, and he's just happy and gone with it. No, well, yeah, he's um you know he's only. Disappointed when he's not on the pitch, I think. I think he gets a little bit angry then, um, especially when he feels there's goals up for grabs. Uh, but yeah, I think, um, you know, he's a really intelligent sort of player. Him and Miki, I like them sort of oh, playing yeah, a little really. bit deeper at times because they can really move defences around. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's worked, worked well. But yeah, it's a bit of a sacrifice for the team. I think um, when he was playing lone striker up as a number nine, there's a couple of games where you know, the, the centre-halves are a bit too physical for him. So, yeah. I think now Cal can take that sort of burden away from him and he can focus on, you know, finding space, which he, which he's good at doing. Yeah, you've got that physical side for Cal. You've seen how he's, um, everyone's been so impressed. We, we can't stop raving how good he's been since he's come back, um, holding it up for Oli, laying the balls off. And it's been brilliant to see and even turn and smash and grab those goals for us. Um, obviously, talking about Oli, must be great news that he signed that contract in the next season with Aaron. I mean... I guess the planning started months ago. For, I know you said to us in previous podcasts, you've got a plan for obviously different scenarios. You've got a plan for another year in the SME, and if that was going to happen, you've got to look at the National South as well. So hopefully the first two of many contract signings in the next few weeks, is there, are they still under sort of discussion now or, you know, any coming out soon or have you already been eyeing up players that are going to come into the club? Because it must be a quite a long, arduous process at times. So, yeah, I think the, the sort of key thing now, um, after those two getting signed, you know, we've had a conversation with one or two players, but the key thing is to, you know, get the get the three points in the next four games. That's got to be the key thing and make sure we're playing and we're a National League South club. That's got to be the ultimate goal now um, between now and in the season. And as soon as that is secured and we've done that, um, then, yeah, the focus will then turn yeah. to, you know, sorting out the rest of the squads, um, the ones that have, have, have done really well for us this year. And, you know, it's it's, it's just going to be a balance in that, um, you know, because we are going to need more quality whether we stay in this league or not. We want to improve um, what we've done. So we've got to, 
you know, setting our, our sights higher and there's going to be players that move on and there's going to be hopefully a good nucleus that do stay with us um, because yeah. I think they've shown not just their quality on the pitch but off the pitch as well. Like, um, you know, in in lockdown, they wanted to come in when they wasn't getting paid and do extra training and then I think that professionalism um, on crowd it's sort of shown up um, in terms of their league position at the moment. Yeah, the the squad's really grown, hasn't it? Over over the years, they've all grown together. It's uh, really unusual at this level to see a squad that's stuck together for so long, and sort of young players who are just racking up appearances. Like it's ridiculous, you know. So you know, we've had Joel Colbrand and Jesse Starkey recently got 150 appearances. Couldn't have had even more than that. I think it's the only first yeah. chance to actually give them the try. You know, it, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty. It's, it's great to see something that I sort of you know when. Sort of first come to the club, you know, I wanted to build a young, hungry team that could move up the leagues together. Um, and yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that some have moved on to bigger and better things. But you know, there is a good core that have, have stayed together and worked hard together, and you know, pretty much grown, grown together. And um, you know, we still want them to be ambitious, and you know move up the up the ladder but you know hopefully we want to do that as well as a club and hopefully they're seeing that the club's progressive and, and wants to um you know move on as well and, and get bigger and better and it's something that I like to see and yeah it's really really rewarding to see so many of them mark you know, get 150 games now under the belt is yeah it's incredible it's, such, it's such a young age like Joel um you no know, Jesse's still only 26 but uh, he's had you know Good career, yeah. he's you know, come come to us from Gillingham, yeah, Gillingham, wasn't it? Yeah. In League One, um, and and stayed with us and stayed loyal. And you know, I think he's getting a real sort of understanding with the rest of the team, yeah. I think I've, we, I've said it a few times that it's going to be really strange because obviously, normally in non league, you have a lot of changes season to season because players come and go, but obviously, we've known the core of this side for three years, so it must be it must be a strange thing for you to think that naturally there'll be some players that won't be here next season, naturally there'll be some that come with us on the journey and there'll be some that, um, you know, you sign and become part of the Worthing family, so it's going to be a strange sort of scenario, isn't it, when you're not going to see some of the f familiar faces around the place, it must be strange for you or not, is it? No, yeah, of course it will, yeah, because, um, yeah, like I say, the, the nucleus, large parts of that squad have been with us for three years now, um, so that, yeah, it's but at the same time it's part and parcel of, of yeah. football, um, any yeah. sort of level really. You know, there's going to be players that move up, players that mm. you know just don't feel we can't stand still at the same time. We can't yeah. just um, keep the same core players and, and think they're going to you know keep on improving. You know, we I think you know they need challenges, they need yeah. they need people to push them, um, and you know that's what we need to be really um, important important summer in mm -hmm. term for, for recruitment for the club. So if we wrap it up this weekend, um, will you see some of the sort of youth players maybe get a chance to play some first team football? Are you going to stick to the like the current sort of squad until um, the end of the season, until the Brighton C game? Um, yeah, I think with the games that we've got Saturday, Monday, there might be, you know, it's quite a quick turnaround, mm -hmm. so we could utilise the squad a little bit then. Um, but um, yeah, I think... There'll be another target. Um, that that maybe a hundred points. Possibly. Well, whatever. So you know, <laughs> that would be, it, we're on for it. We're on for a hundred points, aren't we? Yeah. If, if, if you know, hopefully, 
Yeah. God forbid and all goes well Saturday, then yeah, we would have another target for the last yeah. few games, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, we'll, we'll have to look at that. We'll have to see how everybody is. There's, you know, players coming back from injury that will want to get minutes. Mm. Um, you know, Parso is not far away now. Will we uh, see Parso before the end yeah, of the season? I think yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, that Bank Holiday weekend, hopefully it'll be... He deserves a little bit. It's he, he yeah. that to get him the medal by each other. He's got yeah. the same rules as like league football. Do oh, they have to like, like, is it like, you know, they have to have at least one or two games oh, yeah, a minute? It's weird, isn't it? Like, like you see sometimes when like you've seen teams like City and stuff in the past when they've won the league that they play some random players so they're entitled to a medal. I don't know if it's that it's down yeah. at this level because you obviously will get a certain amount of levels or you just order one for every player. I don't know what it is like at non-league but let's not talk about the medals yet we've no. still got Saturday to do. We're like, we're talking like we got it in the bag. I mean, it's so no. close um, but Adam, it's been it's been fun. It's been it's been really fun to watch. I mean, as you said, we tripped up at Bishops, but I joke and say we're just giving them a taste of what it's like at the top of the table, really, aren't <laughs> yeah. we? And just take a taste of win. But um, just what you've done with the squad's just been phenomenal. And like, no, you know, yeah, it must be really it's been enjoyable to watch, to be honest, um, especially some yeah. of the football that we played at home. Mm. Um, you know, even the games that we've lost have been some of our better performances, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, I just keep looking at Bognor. That, yeah. that Bognor on Bank Holiday Weekend, I know you go on about it and like, oh, you know, yeah. I hate, and I think it was obviously depressing for oh. so many reasons, but we just didn't deserve to lose that game. And it's like, no. I think that's when we have lost this season. I'm sure Spencer, you can agree, but not being big headed, but we haven't deserved it. So I think the only game I think we played poor that I think is Carl Shorten when we lost. I just think that they deserve to win that game. But some of them, not, we haven't had many losses this season, but I think the ones we have, no way we should have lost those games. No, yeah, I think the ones away from home, uh, Carl Shorten, Folkestone, first game we was poor. Margate Bishops, well, Margate, yeah, those games, we didn't really but get going, like, did we? Ball late midweek. And yeah. Sort of, you know, we, like, you know, it's a nightmare. No, excuse me, we were just been poor on those, 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 those encounters. But the two at home, um, I think we've actually, like Chester, we'd probably give it to them a little bit, but still created endless amount of chances. And even the Dorking one at home, um, still feel we probably created more chances than them, to be honest. And, yeah. Um, you know, maybe if we had Cal for that game, uh, could have been yeah. a different story. Yeah, but celebrating against, yeah, us. but that's 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 <laughs> the level, isn't it? Level yeah. up, um, yeah. better quality up top. You know, don't need so many chances, and you know they've got players at that level that can score quite enough. Yeah. And uh, I think that was evident on that day. But um, you learn from the defeats, don't you? Yeah, it's right, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, um, still. Um, you know, livid from from all of them that we've had this year. <laughs> this he can't let it go. He can't let it go. was yeah. atrocious. Um, and I remember like casuals away. It was on. It didn't start brilliant. As I say, that bloody place. I hate that yeah. place so much. In a really nice club in the fact. FA Cup, oh, we yeah. early on, and we should have got it yeah. done at home. Got a replay. Went yeah. to their place, and again, it was a lackluster performance. Yeah. And I remember going over to the fans and apologising for and saying that you know we are gonna turn things around and get it right they're a bogey um, club for us aren't they yeah like, um, Corinthians oh, no, but I think there's you know, Bells will be tough on a Saturday yeah, there's yeah. lots of no team's going to roll over and no, give no. you the three points at this this no, league it's going to no. be, be tough um, tough tough no, tough yeah. game and yeah one that we've got to yeah, we had to scalp everyone once aren't we we had a target yeah that's right 100% um, we've got uh, Cole Shorten to beat at home and then no one's done the double over us. That's when I'm well, the well as, as Pete quite rightly said, Mr. Statter, he did say on the pod when we were recording, he said, we've aggregate, apart from Bishops, we've beaten every team on aggregate this season. So I think the challenge is up there to only lose to one team on aggregate. We'll yeah. let Bishops have that. But um, Adam, I think, you know, I can say on behalf of all the fans, 
we can't wait for Saturday. If it doesn't come Saturday, it'll come the next week. But you've got two full coaches and a minibus going up a fan, plus people on cars and trains. So I think you could have more away fans and home fans. Yeah. And, like, you know, whatever happens, we're proud to call them our club and just you know, well done. And hopefully, we next episode, we can have a very special episode. Yeah, hopefully. Um, hopefully that's the case. Yeah, I think, like, um, it'd be no different to... Um, where do we go? Money feels the same. If they cut them absolutely to yeah. over their ground, yeah. I think that'd be the same. I think it's going to be very yeah, similar. Yeah. Just yeah. Be like, it'd just be like a home game. Yeah, yeah. and you know, what a, I think that's, they're the games that as a, as a manager and fans and coaches and that you realise yeah. you are part of a, a massive club yeah. here and um, yeah, we do all we can to sort of put on, put on a performance. Well, it's been a long time bloody coming, hasn't it, Spence? You know, yep. like, you know, we sat here for sort of Two seasons doing this. We're about to three complete. Year, we're about to year, complete our first, yeah three seasons. Three year, three year promotion. We're about, we're about to complete oh, our first season of Rebel Yell. Like it's amazing. So we started it obviously in the first pandemic season, yeah. and then like you know it's crazy. But to watch the journey, it's been amazing. Fingers crossed for Saturday. I think uh, I'm sure I have a very big smile, and I think it'll be the most exciting interview Pete's ever done with you, and he'll look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, he'll be. Yeah, you'll probably have to get me to like prop him up or something because he's already said he'll be crying. So uh, and I'm driving on Saturday, so I'll be sober till I come back here and celebrate. Yeah. But um, uh, we look forward to it. Um, Adam, we'll see you on Saturday, and um, good luck and good pass luck, it on to. Him. The, Thanks for uh, your time. Don't nah, worry. pleasure. Thank you. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Always great to speak to Adam Hinchwood, so thank you for joining us uh, once again on the Rebel Yell Podcast, chaps. We also spoke to Amy Critchfield, one of the women's players, who was nominated by Bexbell last month. For the season finale for the women's team, we sat down with Amy to speak about her season at Worthing and, you know, the future and a little bit about her past. And obviously, we've got to get Gina's not here tonight. We've got to get a biscuit question in, haven't we? Because it wouldn't be a season complete without a biscuit question. So, Amy, welcome to the Rebel Yell podcast. A very good first season in higher league and with a new squad. How, how have you found it? Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, as someone who's kind of played in the same team since the beginning um it was kind of nice for me to come to a new group of girls um and everyone was so lovely from the off um but it was good to have a new challenge and I think especially as you know the new team in the league everyone had their sort of um opinions on us already and I kind of think that we've sort of proved them all wrong with kind of how well we've done playing against the other teams yeah, no, we've um, obviously we we spoken to, I think it was Chloe that did the first episode of the season, like sort of pre-season and her and John and speaking to other players, you know, Bex, everything like that. They say they all hoped to get sort of sort of mid-table and you girls have smashed it. You've gone to fourth in a, a league, a brand new league. Um, it must be a proud moment for you because you were at Lewis before, am I right in saying? Yeah, so myself and a few others moved over from Lewis um, mm. to Worthing season. Um, and I think... Um, the standard was a lot higher than I expected um, because these were playing against teams who had been like established in this league for a long time now um, with players who had all played together for a long time. Um, and we were sort of not only a new team in a new league, but a new team in general. Like there was girls from like some from Worthing, some from Lewis, some from other clubs. And it was kind of like putting us all together in this new team, in this new environment. And I think um, it could have gone one and two ways, but with the management, with the friendliness of the girls, everything sort of just came together and meant that, you know, we could smash the season, really. 
Yeah, because I know, um, obviously, as the girls have said, it was it could be a bit nervy because obviously you've got some of the old Worthing players that have been there for a while. And obviously you've got John's brought his players that he's known from Lewis and you know from other clubs. So to see you all bond, and I mean, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go to as many games as I'd like this season, but Gina, um, who normally does the interviews for the women's team on here, she said, like, you know, they've just seen the squad build and build. And it looks like there's a real sort of camaraderie now within the squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I knew a few of the girls when I came over, so it was nice to have that sort of, those friendly faces anyway. Um, but yeah, it's been really great. Like there's never been that divide. Everyone's got on really well. And I think you can see that in the way we play. Like as it got towards the end of the season, it was sort of that thing where someone got knocked off the ball, someone got pushed over and everyone then seemed to have their back. So there was sort of that like group morale, which I think in the end is what helped us perform as well as we did. Yeah, no, we can see it from like your social medias and everything like that with the girls, the women's team, that there is that real sort of fun, funness to it. It's not just a sort of transaction. You're not just coming kicking a ball for 90 minutes and going home. There seems to be a lot of, uh, which is like, I think why the men's team become so successful because they've got to know each other, why the youth team have become successful. So if we can have another women's team and they become that successful, it's just great for the club. Yeah, definitely. And I think it shows in our performance 100% that mm-hmm. we all got, because you, sign, you kind of get to learn how everyone plays as well. Like the quick players, you know, you play the long balls to them and just sort of everyone's style of their game, which I think in the end does make it easier to get results as a team. No, fantastic. Um, So we've talked about what's happened this season. Obviously, you've come to Worthing this season. Just tell us about your past and like how you came into football. Like, was it from a you know, young age that you loved football and you wanted to get into it? Or was it, did you kind of stumble into it? Just tell us your story. So um, I have a twin sister. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, so he's got two daughters and I think his love of the game is what got us into it at the beginning. Um, I started when I was about seven, I think okay. at just a local club. Um, but obviously for girls, it's harder to find teams to play for. So I think it was, uh, I think it was at Pevensey and West Ham. I was playing with the boys at the start. Um, and I think, you know, boys always have that, um, opinion of the girls like they're not going to pass to us and stuff so I think for a while that put me off until I actually found a girls team um and then from there um I was at Eastbourne girls for oh like five seasons maybe even more um with the same group of girls and the same team um and then at under 16s we were approached by Lewis and then Lewis brought our whole team over so we changed from Eastbourne girls to the Lewis under 16s okay and that was nice because obviously it was a new environment, but we got to keep all the same players. And then from Lewis under 16s, I went to the A teams and then the FS um, and stayed there really until I came over to Worthing. So Worthing was the first real move for me in football where I'd had to like make that decision myself because I think right from the off, I'd been with the same group of girls and we'd sort of all fallen in the same place like in the way that we all went over to Lewis and all stayed there and played together um it was the first real chance for me to sort of make that decision myself and it's actually the first season that I hadn't played with my sister so she um we all sort of split off from that Lewis team some stayed at Lewis um some of us went to Worthing and then some went to Hastings so I think it was an opportunity it was sad for us all to leave each other as a team but I think it was an opportunity to sort of put ourselves out there more and you know meet some more new people and push ourselves a bit more in terms of what leagues we went into you think it was um sort of just sort of stepping out your comfort zone it was a bit nervy because obviously you feel comfortable challenging yourself to maybe play at a higher level or you know uh, push yourself for a higher 
yeah and I think as people who had not never had to do that because obviously there was always challenges in the league um but we'd always had that same group around us so there was comfort of each other um so I think definitely moving teams sort of gave us all a new challenge um I mean still a few of the girls moved to Worthing with me so I wasn't completely alone but yeah it was just to try something different yeah fantastic so um are you still based over Eastbourne Lewis Way or have you are you sort of in the Worthing area no so uh there's a group of us who live down in Eastbourne um, so it's a bit of a trek to Worthing, but no, it's worth it. Bit of car sharing, I think, and everything yeah. like that, I assume, yeah. That's good. Um, so, so you talked about your past. What about your future? You, you're quite happy at Worthing. Will we see you next season now? So I'm actually off to uni in September. Okay. Um, so I'm going to Loughborough. Mm-hmm. So in terms of playing for Worthing, I think it's going to be a bit of a commute for me from Loughborough every Sunday to come down and play for Worthing. Um, but I have intentions of doing pre-season with the club and sort of staying involved as much as possible while I'm away because obviously I've enjoyed this season so much it would be a shame to just sort of leave that all behind when I go off to uni so when I'm back and things like that I'll definitely be down watching the girls getting involved as much as I can. How about your sister will she be replacing Critchfield in uh, in Worthing Colours or, or is she going to uni as well? Uni as well so we're both leaving um, yeah. but I think we're actually going to the same uni we're both off to Loughborough <laughs> Um, so we're going to have, we might be playing together again. We don't know yet, but yeah, I'll definitely stay in touch with all the girls and come down and support when I get the opportunity to. Yeah. And is, is football like what you want to get into? Would you like to try and get up to a professional level or are you just enjoying it as a sort of hobby at the moment? Um, I think for me, it's just always going to be that sport that I play in my life. Like I could never imagine myself not playing football. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of like the commitment that's needed for um obviously playing at that top level I think there's other things as well that I'd like to focus on like going to uni um focusing on like my course and stuff like that and other opportunities as well as football but I definitely always see myself playing and I think university will be a good opportunity for me to sort of put maybe a bit more time and effort into it because it's the environment that I'll be in like Loughborough's got some great women's teams um it'll be a good chance for me to like maybe push myself more than I have before because I'll have the time and the facilities around me to do so. Yeah, well, we just saw Loughborough, like obviously it's known as a sports sort of university. We just saw their their football team, their men's team, were just down the coast, along the coast against Littlehampton in the cup semi-final, the Vars, uh, FA Vars semi-final recently. So we know they've got good sporting teams there. Is it a sports sort of um, degree you're doing or is it what subject you're doing at university? I'm doing sports science and English. So it's like a mixture of the two. Because obviously Loughborough has that reputation for being um, a sporting uni. Um, uh, but I enjoyed English as well. And so I think when I saw this course, it really appealed to me because it was like two of the things that I enjoyed the most. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Nice and an exciting new start for you. And it'll be interesting to sort of catch up one time, see where you're next playing or what you're doing football wise. I'm sure we'll see you down at Woodside occasionally. Definitely. So the question that I said to you before, obviously I was going to sprout on you, and it's Gina's favourite question. It is, what is your favourite biscuit? My favourite biscuit? Wow. I'm yeah. actually a really big biscuit lover, so this is a hard question for me. So is it every every Christmas you get one of the big, like, uh, like different mixed packs of biscuits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Victoria, 100%. I think it's called. I think it's going to have to be... Probably a chocolate digestive. I don't know Very if whether choice. that's important or not, but like it's got to be something chocolatey for me, 100%. 
it's a strong choice, especially if you want to dip it in a coffee or a tea or something like that. More coffee yeah. for me. I don't drink tea. A couple of chocolate biscuits yeah. with a cup of tea. That's that's ideal for me. Fantastic. And before we go, just a couple more things. What um what's your highlight of the season? Okay, you've had a great season with Wevin. You've you've like you the girls have just done so much better than everyone expected. Like, what is the one moment you'll take with you to Lochborough and um, you know, that one memory? Um <clears throat> I think two games stand out for me really. I think the game at Dulwich, where we sort of um dropped off a bit and let them catch our lead and then I think the final score was 3-2 um but we were I don't know whether we were 3-0 up or 3-1 up and then they sort of had a spell of attacking and then scored a few um and I think we had to hold that 3-2 lead for quite some time in the second half and I think that was the first time for me really where as a team we all worked for each other I think we were disciplined and we understood you know, what we needed to do to see out the game and get the three points. And it was nice to see the ref there wasn't fantastic. Um, and it was kind of nice to see everyone sort of getting angry in a good way for each other and sort of having each other's back. I think that was the first time to me that we all seemed like a proper team. And then obviously the game at Ashford in the cup where we overturned them 2-1 after losing 8-0 at the start of the season. I think that's always going to be a special moment for everyone. Yeah, a little bit of revenge our... for you. Yeah. No, it's been a great season. Um, what is your football team that you support, obviously apart from Worthing, because we know you're obviously a Red Bull. Exactly. Um, West Ham. I'm a Hammers fan. Oh, it's a shame Spencer's not on because he's a Hammers fan as well, so he'd be doing the Irons <laughs> this year and everything like that. Um, good season for West Ham for once. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you'll, be clo- you'll be closer to them, won't you, when you're up in Loughborough as well? Exactly. Go see them. Might be able to go and watch a few games. Amy, it's been really good having you on the podcast. Thank you for taking your time. Thank you for representing the Worthing in the massive uh, red and white of the shirt. And uh, hopefully one day we see you down there. But if I don't see you before the end of the season, good luck um, with the move to Loughborough and hopefully we cross paths in the future. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Amy, great to speak. Thank you for joining us. And we haven't taken a nomination because it's the end of the season. We don't know who's going to be here next year. So we'll get John to nominate the first one when we join him in the pre-season friendly. Chaps, it's um, it's about time to wrap up the podcast. Uh, jet lag setting in and I don't know what I'm talking about. So I think it's best we take this thing off the air very shortly. But guys, obviously, I can't wait to get together with you guys at the weekend. Pete, you're gonna, I know you've missed me next to you on the commentary booth. And I know he's shaking his head now. No, there you go. Right, I knew it. I knew his face was going to be right. He hasn't missed me at all. But we're going to be there and hopefully for a historic moment, Pete. I mean. I know what you mean. I think it will be quite hard to like, it will be an emotional moment. Um, have you got enough space on your laptop to get Queen's We Are The Champions playing? Because if we don't have that on there, I'm going to have to live stream it from my phone because we cannot do a broadcast. Because Pete, if, for those that don't know, oh. you, might, you might you might have noticed. What's that, Spence? Oh, you could do a karaoke version. Yeah, but Pete says no singing on there and you don't want to hear me singing anyway. But yeah. if for those that have maybe noticed, Pete, when he does away games, because obviously he had a little issue with his laptop battery earlier in the season and it doesn't hold a charge anymore. So the grounds that we go that had the laptop, the battery uh, with the music on, it's got no way and it just it doesn't accept without a, a power lead. So Pete bought an ugly little laptop from a shop in Worthing. It ended up being the most awful laptop he could ever have done. He did no research. We went out for a beer at lunch. He goes, oh, I've just bought a new laptop for Rebel Yell. Gets it down for the first game of the season. Oh, it's got no memory on it to put any music on. So literally, it's a laptop with Mixler on and that's it. So that's why at half time we leave the microphone live. So if you ever hear bad language. But it, it, it does the job for the commentary. That's all, uh, that's all of it Also, matters. Pete, could this be an opportunity here? Obviously, 22, 23 season. 
is going to be upon us, hopefully in the national south. Could we have a sponsor of an IT firm maybe that could donate a laptop? You never know. You never know. So any of you listening, Pete gets hundreds of listeners. Come on, little nice laptop. Be nice for Peter to go home and away. He can bring DJ Pete to the decks on halftime, mix up a bit while he's using his beer. It'd be very nice. Um, guys, we've got to do it this Saturday, surely. It's going to be this Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to be this Saturday. It's uh, I can't it's, see it's, us. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but come on. It's, yeah, it's, we haven't. It's, it's a de facto home game, isn't it? Because yeah, you know, there's going to be. Who wants to put a yeah. figure on it of how many were? There's three coaches, so that's what fifty in each coach. That's 150, that's 150 already. You know, I, I I think you're looking at at least plus a minibus, isn't it? Three hundred. Yeah, I think you're yeah, looking at at least. I'm driving. Yeah, it's two coaches plus a minibus. At the oh, that's it. Players are going in their own yeah. minibus, aren't they? I'm surprised we didn't do Stockport and fly up to Bowers. You know, could have got uh, Brighton Airport to uh, um, Stansted. You know, a little quick uh, hop it's, over. It's, over it's actually, <laughs> well, fly to South, fly to South End Airport. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. It's only an hour and a half, isn't it, to uh, Bowers and Pitt Six? No, it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah, mate, we've got like a thing a called the M25, thing. mate. Have you heard the you M25? Go, you've, got you've got to go over the bridge, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to go over the bridge. Mm. But, yeah, but it's not as good, going to be as bad a journey as... Uh, I think, I think just bridge. just before we sort of wrap up, what, 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 what will it mean to you, obviously? Like, we, 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 we've we got no qualms in thinking. We we sort of... Johnny come lately to the love of Worthing and non-league, and we've got a lot of people that are have been following the club for years, which it must be a lot more for. But I think after managing to do all this stuff and, you know, getting through COVID and, you know, we launched all this stuff like Rebel Yell, which kind of went a bit peaked on because of the because of COVID and, you know, null and voided seasons. You know, we've made new friendships. We've been drawn together by the love of non-league football and Worthing. So it's so special to me, like, to think I can actually see the club that, you know, my local town club get promoted into the highest they've ever done. And we've been, you know, a part of the fan base, witness of it. It's it's just going to be absolutely incredible. Um, I remember a few seasons ago, <laughs> and I think I've said this to a few people, that we had the chance of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. We lost every um, game or something, didn't we? We got two points at the last 15. Mm. So that, that was a bit painful. And, you know, it was the 1-1 at Corinth, away at Corinthians. Which, that bloody place. Which, yeah, that, that bloody place, King George's Field. I hate that place. I never want to see it again in my life. You sound like you're <laughs> repeating exactly what I said, mate. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah, it's just, oh, it's abysmal. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll be a bonus. But, yeah, and then then to carry on into the next season, and obviously, you know, Adam's thing is always, every season we just want to see improvement, improvement, improvement. And, you know, the ninth position finish that season was an improvement on previous seasons. Mm. So, you know, you look at it that way. And then the next season, obviously, um, the, the null and void. Next season, the quick curtailments. And then obviously this season. So you, you look at it and you, you're just like, it's you know, after the, the pain, I know what Stuart said about basically the club is in a better position now with the infrastructure around the club and the board, etc., which I totally agree with. Um, but I think a lot of emotion is going to come out after the last sort of three seasons that we, we've had, mm. you know, with, with fans. I, I know for one that I'll probably break down. <laughs> I'll probably get emotional. And Spencer, what and about I, yourself? And I won't be ashamed. I won't be ashamed. No, no, you shouldn't be. I cried That's at Charlton when we won well. the playoff final, mate, to be fair. Spencer, what about Especially yourself? Like? Especially if there's a little bit of alcohol involved. Yeah, well, I've got, uh, a I've got a drive, so it won't be till we get back to the club and hopefully celebrate on Saturday that I... Uh, I'll be completely sober, so I'll but, be like yeah. watching all you guys laughing. <laughs> but no, it's it's the real it's the real past, present, and future, isn't it? It's it's what we've been through these past three seasons to yeah. to get to where we've where we are and what we've had to get through. 
you know, it's the present of, right, this is amazing. This is where we are at the moment. Like Stu meant, you know, it's enjoying the, mo enjoying the moment. And then, yeah, the future, you know, the, the, the plans the club have got in place on and off the pitch are just really exciting. You know, mm -hmm. the, the squad building, the youth set up, the, 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 you know, Stu's involved with, you know, Barry and the, the board and plans for the ground and, you, you know, possibly extending the ground, a new bar at the front. It's going to be an exciting post-season, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, pre-season. It's going to be very exciting to see the changes around the place. Yeah. And, though, and, and it's not all going to be immediate either, you know, I think. No. You know, the plans are for the next, next two, three years, you know, to, yeah. to gradually build and expand. So, yeah, exciting times. Good times yeah. to be around. No, it is. And the, and, the, and the good thing is, when you think about it, if um, the ladies, the women's team, sorry, are going back to training on 3rd of July. And, you know, the men's team will be going back around the same time. So you've, you've only got May and June, really. And then you're back into sort of pre-season friendlies, et cetera. So that means we'll have to, our, our local, we, have to we won't be meeting at Woodside, we'll be bloody down on the beach and Worthing when the weather's like nice and like 10 degrees, but the sun's out with a couple of cans of MS again, won't it? Oh, yeah. Like, remind 3, us of COVID 3 PM, time. 3pm Saturday. But Spencer, well. will you come down looking like Colonel Sanders again with your beard? <laughs> oh, I, think, I, think that's, I that's, kind of missed the Colonel banished, Sanders. That is I thought, he, I thought he was he was Moses. I thought he was come down. Yeah, very true. But it, was, it, was, it was still having the quiff and he had a big quiff because he hadn't cut his hair for so long and it was, he was still managing to style it. Um, no, chaps, but, you know, it's it's been, uh, you know, it's not the last episode of the season, but it's been a pleasure riding this uh, wave with you guys. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of highs. We've had some lows, you know, some really frustrating parts. And, you know, me, Mr. Emotional at the beginning of the season, getting frustrated. And I, I can actually physically eat my hat now because I think we're literally going to be there. And um, it's been... It's been a hell I think of a ride. I think that that was the strangest thing for me all season is obviously we didn't start really fast. Uh, we lost a couple of games and all of a sudden there's this downer around the place and it was like, yeah. hold on, we're going to play. The, the league's not one in August. <laughs> yeah, it's such a long season. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, I, and I kept saying all the way for earlier in the season, you know, sort of, you know, it's a long season. You know, we've got the squad, you know, I think that was a big factor this season. Yeah, yeah. Our squad, you know, any player, any position can be out, injured, out of form, suspended. Somebody can come in and fill and mm. there's no difference at that first level. And I don't know if you guys think, but it really, to me, it really feels like a proper football family. It really does. Like, you know, you can go down, you know, we obviously meet up on a match day to our things, but, you know, you can talk to anyone in the bar, you know, this thing, and like, you know, the camaraderie of the players and everything like that. Mm. It, it's great. And I think the players are getting their just desserts. They're going to get that medal around their, their neck. And it will be at Bowers this Saturday. Put an X on the line. If you're gonna, um, if you are listening to this on Friday evening before making the decision, come down to Bowers. Only an hour and a half. Come and support the boys. Be part of history. Because let's hope we don't do a Hastings and get a record bumper crowd, and we don't even get it. But you know, let's come and try and get cheer the boys on. Be loud, be proud. Because there's one thing, guys. Just we should end on. There's a poem I heard one time. It went along the lines of, um, "Don't you know, pump it up, the Reds." Are going up. She heard that one. <laughs> that, was, that was that was Kipling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not 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 really. No, no. no Mr. 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 Kipling. Kipling. Yeah, yeah. The little cake bar. But um, guys, another pleasure uh, to do the episode with you again. I can't wait to see you guys on Saturday. Tune in. Um, and just remember before we go, if you want to go to the last two home games of the season, it is all ticket the club have announced. So don't turn up on the match day because you won't be allowed in. So please make sure you buy in advance if you want to see us win the lift the trophy, hopefully against Brightling C. Make sure you get your ticket in advance. 
lifting the trophy that should be a fantastic yeah, uh, yeah. Fantastic. do you think they'll let us do you think they'll let us go on the pitch so i have yeah. like live interviews no me and you oh for live interviews um, yeah. uh, possibly i, I, I think yeah, we'll he might be in he might be in full kit trying to get in the uh yeah photo. He'll, he'll be like he'll be like john terry he'll be the john terry just standing there if he's like <laughs> in the it. background or ashley cole at the side um anyway chaps we'll see you saturday um long journey up let's hope it's not a long journey home uh, we look forward to it. Rebels, stay safe. And uh, hopefully we can be celebrating come Saturday evening. There we go, chaps. See you next month for hopefully what we can call a celebration episode. Good night, everyone. The Champions episode. That's it. Champions. This is the Rebel Yell podcast.